Welcome to Remembering Your Oneness with Zane Daniel and Monica Kupiak, where we know everything, and so do you. Aloha. Are you muted? Uh oh, am I muted? I don't think I can hear you. Oh, weird. Really? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to start. Like, throw me totally <laughs> off balance right away. Like, huh? <laughs> oh, you know, I always gotta gotta give you some 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 something. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. It is one week before Thanksgiving in the U.S. And it's cold everywhere in the U.S., except for here in Florida, where it's 82 and or more, 85 or something. And it's mm -hmm. cloudy, and yet I feel like I'm um, uh, temperature degrees away from dripping with sweat. So it's very, Ooh. yeah, it's very humid and so forth. But Welcome. Welcome yeah. to my state. <laughs> right. <clears throat> not not too not too much different than Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. Well, then we've really got a lot to complain about, right? That we're both in incredibly warm weather in the, mm -hmm. in the deep fall of the U.S. So today's topic is is a heavy one. And oh, right, Jaber and Jaber's weather is perfect here. Yeah. She's here too, yes. And not too, not too far where you are. <laughs> right. And neighbor says that it's warm here in Georgia, so that's good. Yeah, we're, we're not too far. So that's now, uh, topic today grief. And also, we're going to touch on suicide as well. It's come up recently. Um, and, and I have a very, a very unique approach to suicide that I thought would be interesting to kind of express to everybody. And in grief, I mean, I, I don't think we're going to talk for a full hour about this. I think we're just going to kind of touch on a few things and then see where we meander. But I do, I did release a video today on grief and I've got an activation. If anybody's going through anything, any loss, um, and, and kind of how, how that, how that emotion works, because I talk a lot about the lower vibrational emotions. I talk mm -hmm. about, um, fear and and frustration and impatience and disappointment and unworthiness and shame and guilt and all that. Um, but I don't, and, you know, and grief is on that list and it is in the lower vibrational category, but I still see it as quite a bit different than most of the other lower vibrational emotions because grief is there for a reason. And a lot of times we think of grief as something that we don't want as we suffer with loss. And what, what actually is happening, though, in the, in the case of grief, is that it is, it is actually a healing lower vibrational emotion, which is a little mm -hmm. bit strange. But to not look at grief as bad, but to look at it as a positive emotion that's going to take you through the healing process, as long as you follow it, as long as you don't try to run away with it, as long as you don't try to, to bury it all, um, and to, to actually embrace it and spend time in it. Um, and so, and that kind of goes really for all the lower vibrational emotions, just running away from them. That doesn't help actually, um, um, uh, allowing them to be felt and to dive into them and experience them is the fastest way really to get through a lower vibration or a, a negative emotion. It's to, it's to say, Hey, what does this feel like? How is mm -hmm. this experience helping me? You know, what, what, what is this experience? Is it physical? Is it mental? Is it emotional? Is it all of the above? And so the, so with grief, it's really, it's really a great one because it is the path to healing. And I can't state enough how important it is to go ahead and dive into it. Because when you've mm -hmm. had a loss, when you have a, a parent or a pet or someone who's very close to you pass, then you're often in the state of saying, you know what? The world's all screwed up. Everything is wrong with the world. It, you have this weird kind of flip that happens where you just go, nothing is as it should be. Um, mm -hmm. Things are not going very well. And somehow I've gotten off on the wrong timeline 
It's what it often feels like. There's something yeah. like, okay, how could it be that this person or this animal or whatever who's been such a part of my life is suddenly not there and will never be there? And that just feels so foreign and confusing that the that that it needs to be explored instead of fled from. Do you have any thoughts before I continue? Yeah, I mean, when you were saying that, like, when you go through a stage of grieving or any other stages, it's important to, like, really dive into it. And that's really just kind of like what I teach. It's like you really want to feel each emotion that you're going through. And if it is grief, then, you know, take as much time as you need to to feel this. And eventually you will move past it sometimes it could take a year or two or three or maybe it's just a short grief like a week or two but it's like you want to accept that you have instead of just putting it under the rug it's like you don't want to like omit this because then maybe that grief is going to turn into having anger issues or into a different type of disease or something like that so it's like it's really just embodying exactly who you are right now. And if that is grief, that's, that's part of you, then just really feel it. And you're, you'll soon, soon get the message that you need to, because you'll be in that such a low vibrational state that, you know, like you'll probably be able to, I don't know, like get out of it in a more organic way than by, you know, just, just, pushing it off to the side like oh no I can't grieve right now I have so many other things to think about or so many more things to do or other people to take care of but you're not really being honest with yourself for taking that time to um, you know feel feel or tap into those grieving emotions I mean it could be a loss of someone but it could really be a loss of a relationship I think that's also grief that's also grief and I've definitely had moments when I've had like little flings and where I'll get emotional I'll get sad I'll I'll do my own grieving in that sense I can't really relate to people that have lost a significant other or loved one so that hasn't really happened to me in my lifetime yet I mean I'm still pretty young so you know I'm sure it'll happen sooner or later but it's like for me grieving it's like when I grieve from a relationship it's really just embodying it and then like you know feeling sluggish feeling like really bad but then I'll have moments where I'll get out of it because I start remembering who I am and I start remembering the oneness of everything it's like oh I actually feel that person in the ocean like that person is still there but it's now translated into a different form it's kind of like the whole unconditional love it's like the person the people that have passed from our lives either physically or non-physically like they're still around their love is still around like i always kind of say that my mom is still living but she lives miles and miles away from me but i feel her when like like i said when i'm in the ocean with her i feel her presence when i'm in nature it's that love that i feel that that remembering of of it all that is truly there yeah, and and uh, I mean, now I've suddenly got a million things to say about all this. Kind of interesting how it blossoms. Um, but but really, you know, what you just did is you described the fact that your mom, who is still alive, um, is very far away. And so, in that sense, it almost feels like because if if you don't talk to her for a long time, let's say, then it almost mm-hmm. feels like she kind of doesn't exist. But yet, you still feel fine because you know that she does. Um, yeah that she's not interacting with you at that time. So one of the, one of the approaches that I look at it as when I've lost people is that they, it's just like that. It's just that they are in a place that I can't just call them anymore. And I can't just get the phone, you know, they're, they're, they're in a place where there's no internet, where their phones, you know, has no connectivity and, and they are, but they are still in existence there it's just not the same exact existence that we're in right now and Mm -hmm. they're just unreachable because that new existence that they're in is actually better uh in many cases than this one uh and and so it's kind of it's kind of great in a way that they're there so when amber just you know said 
Okay, November 21st will be two years uh, since my good friend took his life. Still so hard to accept. So that's another, you know, then that's combining the two, obviously, grief and suicide. Um, <clears throat> to look at your friend, Amber, and know that um, that, that transition is amazing and that, you know, your friend now is in a place where you can't connect to him, but, but he still exists. And actually, he's probably still connecting to you. Uh, whether you've been able to de detect it or feel it or know it or not, most likely you have. And so from a it's hard to accept standpoint, it's just a trend. It's just different. It's just a new thing. And so two years of having gone through that now, it's surprising, right, that you still feel that loss. But that is very, very common that we still feel that. So uh and it, even if it's still now that you're experiencing that grief and you want to dive into it and really remember him and really um, experience his energy. And so if you were to go into a state like a meditation, and if you already do this, I'm sorry that I, I'm telling you what to do, but other people can learn from it too, is to go into a, a meditative state and go ahead and feel the energy of the individual, right? So you you can start to tap into that and and think about him and think about what he said or did or how he interacted with you or whatever then the next thing you know you might feel all full body chills you might feel something new or something different you might see him in a new way in, in your mind's eye you might hear his voice or something like that uh and and that is you connecting with his energy and and it still exists in the post-life experience. So it highly is likely that you're able to communicate with them if you choose to. And that is true for anyone who's lost anyone that that, that happens. So um, I'm not a medium. I do some channeling. It happens uh, every once in a while. But and every once in a while, it happens that I'm a medium. And so I might be talking to someone who has lost a person in their life and I, and I will just be tapping into that person's energy while they talk about them. And the next thing yeah. you know, I feel this overwhelming need to say something. And it'll be something that I don't have any idea what, what, you know, what am I saying right now? And it's because they're talking to this person through me. And, and I feel this wave of energy come over me. I feel a difference. And then all of a sudden, they're, they're having a conversation with that person. Like I said, I don't do that as a part of what I offer to people, but every once in a while it happens. And yeah. it's really beautiful to see, and it can really help with the grieving process because, oh, I, that person still exists. I still have connection to that person. And you don't have to use a medium to do it. You can actually tap into them completely on your own. Yeah, I get that too when I do Reiki on, on people. It just it just comes through. It's not even intentional. It's just what they what that person needs in that moment. And sometimes it is tapping into, not even tapping into, but it is just that's what's releasing for the person. The need for that person to receive and have is that, you know, that that voice or that that message from a person that they lost. Right. And the other thing to know too is that when when we transition into the post life experience. You know, if you if you, if you want to tap into or, or or connect with what many light workers and channels have been saying now for years, is that the Earth experience is highly desirable. Uh, lots and lots of souls or higher selves or whatever you want to say line up to be a part of this Earth experience, and especially right now this Earth transition. Mm -hmm. So when people pass, it's highly, highly likely that they're getting right back in line to come back. And this can be true also of somebody who's contemplating suicide. So what I often tell the people who are considering this is, you know what, it's totally up to you. It's totally your decision to go ahead and transition into the post-life experience if that's what you feel it is right for you. However... As soon as you get to that post-life experience, you are going to be saying, I can't wait to go back. Like, yeah, that was cool and all, but darn it, I want to go back. And so why mm -hmm. 
why not live out this adventure before you go ahead and end it? Because there's still many more years left and this adventure is truly an adventure, even if it's miserable. I mean, you know, um, Amber was saying that he was burned badly, it looks like, and then he, and, and he went ahead and committed suicide. Like, that's a very interesting and, and logical choice, right? Because if that suffering is so bad that you don't really feel like you have any kind of quality of life, then it totally makes sense. And, and then we can get into the whole ethics of assisted suicide after a certain age or from medical conditions or whatever, you know, mercy kind of thing. Um, and we could get all into that and everybody's got their own opinions of what that all is. So it's not important for us to get into that, but, mm -hmm. but there's, but, but it makes sense. And, and yet, you know, your friend Amber is already in line to come back, if not already on, on their way back. So that's something else to kind of rest in and understand that, Hey, they're not lost forever. They're never lost forever. And, you know, to go back to the title of the, of the podcast, remember our oneness. We are all in this together. We are all one. And when one part of us leaves, more parts of us come into to existence here. And, and it's all, but it's all the same us. So question for you, because I've definitely heard this multiple times or read this a bunch of times, is that when someone commits suicide, their soul kind of backtracks on their spiritual journey or spiritual path of awakening. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of that or your thoughts on that per yeah, se? Yeah, my initial reaction is that that is, once again, I mean, it's a little bit like institutionalized religion. These are the rules. Right. If you end yourself, then these will be the consequences. This sounds mm -hmm. very much like a 3D concept to try mm. to keep people from committing suicide. This fair, is fair. because because that that requires judgment, right? To mm -hmm. judge to say, oh, you ended yourself. Well, then, as a judgment of that act, this is your punishment. Blah. You know, like the the, mm -hmm. the unconditional love existence that we are all a part of does not account for judgment and punishment. It only accounts for what did we sign up for and what's our reaction to what we signed up for. That's really what matters. So in Mandy's case, where she's saying, I'm constantly trying to distract myself from feeling because she doesn't like feeling, then that's what she signed up for. She decided to have difficulties, difficult problems in, in this life, and and which is totally her prerogative. Why did she do that? Uh, because she had confidence that she'd be able to handle it because she was powerful and she knew it. She had gone through other lives and, and things had gone pretty easily and pretty well. Um, and so maybe on this one, she said, hey, I'm ready for a challenge. And so here she is challenging herself with all these difficult emotions. What's the benefit of that is that in the end, at some point, she will say, finally, you know what? I can do this. And mm -hmm. it isn't that painful. It isn't that problematic. Look what I've gone through. Look what I've done. And she can celebrate how much she's done and how much she's overcome these issues. So it, in every case, everything that we experience is something that we signed up for in the soul contract uh, concept. And so if you, you, including suicide, so you signed up for a life that led you to that. And then you went ahead and, and executed the, the contract. So, mm -hmm. you know, that is, that is your experience. And so you come back and do it again, or do have another experience completely. This, this whole thing gets very, um, it, it really, it can trigger people, right? It can really hurt yeah. people. That's why it's, it's, it's interesting to talk about all this stuff and to, to begin that process of, okay, you know, this is a great way to look at our existence. It's why I love metaphysics and it's why I love New Age spirituality. It is the psychology, psychological um, cure for pretty much any issue that you might be having. You're not a victim. You've chosen this. 
you are experiencing this because you're so powerful. You get to have all these experiences. Like all these different kind of metaphysical and new age spirituality concepts are, are extremely helpful in healing, but mm -hmm. they can be painful at first to, because somebody who's really suffering, you tell them, well, you signed up for it. You, this was in your soul contract. You, they say, what? You know, that, that is idiotic. Like, why would I ever do this to myself? Yeah. And you have to, you have to step back and say, well, the, the pre-life and post-life experience, you can't know what this suffering actually feels like, which is why you come here to try it out. So when you don't have any idea or it's very foreign to you, or when you look at, at, at a human life in comparison to living infinitely, right? You live in the infinite now for, for all of eternity and you always have, and you always will. And then you go, Oh yeah, I want to try one of these, these human lives out. Oh, this one's going to really suffer a lot. Okay. Well, that's fine because a human life is like that. And then it's over. So I can suffer for one tenth of a second. That's not going to be yeah. a problem. But when you come here, it isn't one tenth of a second. It's 70, 80 years or whatever. And so from our perspective, it's like, holy crap, what? There's no way I would sign up for this. But as soon as it's over and you transition to the post-life experience, you look back on that life and you go, oh, well, that was nothing. That was, that's, a, it's already over. Like, right? Like, yeah. okay, I could try that again. I could do that again. It isn't that hard. And so we, we continue to do this to ourselves, even though at the time we think there's no way. Why would we ever do this to ourselves? Mm. So then a topic, I guess, or a question would be if someone is feeling suicidal and then goes down the path of getting help and like overcoming the suicide, that's basically still part of their soul contract is that you were part of this experience of being suicidal, but you did overcome it. So it's almost like if you commit suicide or not it was still part of your i guess mission or your yeah. your your path um so then i guess forcing someone to help them or or forcing yourself to helping someone you shouldn't also feel guilty for not helping enough so it's also back to the right. the to the other person of like, okay, so now you're grieving because you thought you didn't help this person enough, but it's actually, you should take a step back because that was their sole purpose or their experience. It's not your experience to, to try to fix it per se. And then that's when more, um, I guess undoing of that ego thought system should start to play out for you is that it's really detaching from that other person's experience of like, okay, that, that was their time. That was their mission. Now let me focus on myself again and let me move forward with my soul mission per se, but it's not about forgetting them or, you know, putting them off to the side is that knowing that they are their unconditional love self doing what they had to do for their experience. And then I got to experience a piece of them or I can still remember the good times that I had with that person to reflect back to help me move forward. Or seeing them in that state is going to help you to not get into that state per se. It's like they're your teacher. They're like your ultimate teacher to help you move forward in, in your soul path. Yeah, absolutely. That's perfectly said. And and what I like about that, too, is that's yet another reason why it's so healthy to look at things from this metaphysical New Age spirituality approach, because you gave the example of how to avoid feeling guilt and shame over not helping someone enough judgment to to keep them from committing suicide. So now, you know, if 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 you if you don't look at it in the way that, hey, that was the person's sole contract. That That's exactly what they signed up for. Then you say, you blame yourself. Oh my gosh. You could, and some people I'm sure uh, feel like they killed the person, right? Like I, because I yeah. didn't do enough, I essentially murdered that person. And boy, what a horrible, heavy burden that they carry around with them as a result of that, 
well, okay. So then we go to, well, what's the, what's the um, metaphysical approach to that? Well, you were supposed to carry around that burden of guilt and shame. And, mm -hmm. and also you're supposed to transcend that. That is part of your mission here too. So it all just keeps playing, yeah. in, playing in and playing in. And you can kind of, instead of being fighting and trying to get somewhere and trying to help this person, help that person, and then take so much on yourself, you can say, you know what? I am going to go through this journey as this incredible being who I, I can't even possibly know what's going to come up next. I have no idea what's going to come up next, but mm -hmm. I know that something amazing will. And, and I might as well just go along for the ride and see what it might be that we that I experienced during the process, because it's going to help me grow. It's going to help me expand. And it's my purpose being here, no matter what the situation is. Yeah. And it's really just holding space for that person that is, you know, feeling, feeling that. So it's like, instead of trying to fix them, it's like, just send them love their way or just give them your presence. And it's like just spending as much time as you can before, you know, before they do what they, you know, signed up to do for themselves but again this is just like it, it like you said in the beginning it's a heavy topic um i think it still leads down to you as a person that you need to be aware of how you're reacting to situations that are like this it's like how can you step out of being attached to the outcome to seeing how it affects you because if you're constantly stressing that this person is going to end their life at any moment like you need to see that it's it's really affect affecting you and you need to take time to realign and readjust it's not like you're letting that person go but it's also like more important i feel to take control of yourself or to bring that you know that oneness or that that love back to you because you're by putting so much energy out, you're not returning and you're not getting anything in return. And so that's depleting your energy and lowering your vibration. So it's almost like a pull and take type of thing, trying to help someone when that's just their soul, 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 like you said, their soul path per se, that was their contract that they made. Right. Um, and I feel like when that person, cause that person might just feel the pressure of like, Oh, there's so many people that want to help me. I'm just going to do it to like take my life or whatever. So like, they might just be really stressed too. It's like, when should I do it? When should I not do it? And I feel like if you allow them to be, then perhaps they will then realize, wait, I don't like, I don't feel all this pressure anymore. Like I can be myself again. Or so. I don't know. It's just yeah. a thought that like, yeah. that like ran through. Right. That makes sense. And you know, and, and for Amber here, it took me a while to stop beating myself up. Always like I, I could have said or done something different. Amber, uh, think for a moment that you could have done everything different and it still would have happened you could have done everything completely differently the best possible way that you could ever imagine having done it and it still would have happened exactly like that that's the soul contract and what you're feeling now is part of the soul contract as well so it might help you to finally relax and say hey i and this is going to sound weird but I am thankful for the role that I got to play in that series of experiences and events. And I look forward to the next one, whatever it might be. And that is the healthiest way to look at all of this because otherwise you beat yourself up, you make yourself feel shame and so on and so forth, which isn't helping anything, obviously. Um, and, and again, you came here to transcend this feeling. And I have every, every belief that you can. And so can anyone who's suffering from this sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. You're, you're wobbling. You're making me feel uneasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I kind of feel like, 
I, I felt that this was going to be covered fairly quickly. Um, anybody who's currently going through any um, grief or, or feeling of loss, let us know in the comments um, and tell us what your unique experience is like or has been like. I know um, that, that we all go through it. We've all had it in some form or another. Um, when I, when I, my 13 year relationship ended, um, I had to drive like six hours to another city, like, like the next day or something. It was pretty crazy. And, and I remember that it was pouring rain and, and mm -hmm. I was driving there completely by myself. And I just had this like horrible feeling of loss accentuated by the by the downpour of rain and driving for six hours in this driving away from that previous life into this unknown experience of, you know, torrential rain and who knows, you know, who knows what's going to be for me on the other side. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I've definitely experienced it. And, you know, driving down the road, one is raining right after a loss like that and crying. So it's raining inside. It's raining inside the vehicle coming from my eyes then you know i i totally get that that whole experience very clearly and yet at the same time i knew the whole time that this was a transition to something brand new and that it, you know whenever major transitions occur in our lives whatever they may be they are it's not just a loss or an end but it's also a beginning and you can look at that and be faithful that, hey, your spirit team, your guides are there to help you in this transition. And they're bringing you something amazing so you can be comfortable in knowing that. Or you can say it, you know, my soul contract, I've signed up for something brand new and something amazing. And I can be comfortable in knowing that and and trusting, you know, it's the old having faith thing We're we're here to have all these experiences. And when we align ourselves with the flow of whatever experience happens, then we're very likely to have very positive and beautiful and, and, and uh, amazing experiences on the horizon. Yeah. So Ember wrote, if you yeah, want to pull that, that up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, She's driving through a location and, and you get the reminder and yeah. And you try to concentrate on the good times that you had, right? That's beautiful. And, and I would, I would just adjust the word try Amber. Um, I would go ahead and say you do enjoy the good times that you have. I wouldn't say you try because when you try, you're, you're also saying that you're not actually making it, but, but, mm -hmm. but know that you do concentrate on the good times. Now, if you're trying to concentrate on the good times because you're trying to avoid the grief or the pain or the loss, it's not as good as going ahead and just saying, Oh, wow, this is a great reminder of this amazing person. And we got to experience this and this and this and this, you know, there's just a slight difference from avoiding the suffering of the, of the loss versus celebrating the experiences that you had together. Yeah. So I, of course, I'm always going to encourage you to celebrate more than avoid. Yeah. Well, it's also her, you know, when you drive her response about, you know, when you drive through a place and it reminds you of that person, it's like hard. Um, it's almost like it's a, like a, I guess like a trauma, right? Where even when I get it, when I drive through a town and I used to work there or I'll pass through somewhere where I used to work, I'll be like, oh, like, I'll just like cringe. But it's almost like it's just like it's just the way that you perceive something as that emotion and you're embodying that emotion versus like being present of what is versus, you know, you're kind of just living more in the past or the future. So um, just, just not like switching topics, but it's kind of along the lines of like passing through areas um, and grieving, I guess. When last week we talked about, um, I think we talked about anxiety a little bit of like asking and embodying that anxiety more of like asking why you have this. Um, well, 
a couple days ago I was driving and I like when I usually when I don't eat I like get anxiety and that was happening so I was getting this anxiety and I remember the podcast and like saying like you told me like oh you should dive into it you should like ask it like why is it here and I literally asked it why is this anxiety here and I got an answer of like because you're in the, you're thinking of the past and the future you're not being in the present living in the moment and, and i'm like wow that was simple and literally like i just started like doing some breath work like while i'm driving and the anxiety was going away and i was like wow it was only because i wasn't present and that's kind of the whole situation of like you know you pass through an area and you automatically shift over to the past versus okay versus the present and that's what's causing those emotions to come up like that grief um so i guess when amber when you feel sad that your friend has passed maybe try to dive into it like ask yourself why is this feeling still coming up like like really dive into like that that why it's like how i did with why is this anxiety here and i literally heard because you're not being present yours could be something else maybe there's still some sort of communication you both need to have but like zane said you can have that conversation with him like he's going to be come through with your intuitive voice he's going to give you that little message or maybe he's going to send you a beautiful sunrise or a sunset that you can enjoy for him i was once shooting um some surfers and i shot this one girl um, it was a full moon too, a couple months back and I got her email and when I sent her the photo, she like opened up saying that her grandma had passed that like last night and I told her, well, she came here and gave you this beautiful sunrise and, and waves to provide for you. So it's almost like where in your life within the elements can you feel your friend still because he's here with you enjoying the present moment for you or providing you a beautiful sunny day or maybe he's giving you like a rainy day for you to cry and just to feel your emotions but you're not listening to the elements because you're still tied up in the past of that that grieving stage so it's really about really coming back to the moment and seeing where you can feel him still currently because i think that's what can help you move forward with with still with that grieving phase yeah absolutely yeah i love that a lot that's a great that was a great tie-in by the way um and uh you know one of the things that we do and i bet you amber does this and you can tell me amber are you an overthinker um if you're an overthinker that's and that's one of those phrases that everybody talks about like what you know i could dive into what does that mean overthinker but but ultimately it, it you you are trying to solve problems. That's what's really going on. Yeah, there we go. Amber overthinks everything, right? So what's overthinking? It is you trying to find solutions. So your brain is very good at trying to find solutions. It's a survival organ. And it's, it, and its main purpose is to provide thoughts, solve problems, and predict problems so that we can circumnavigate them. So... You put your problem-solving brain on, oh, how am I going to cook this meal? It's it's going to do really well. It's going to be like, oh, you're going to want to cook this first and that first, and you're going to use this pan and that that you know that, you know it works great great. But if you put your your problem-solving brain as to how can I bring my friend back to life, that's because that's essentially what's going on. Then your brain goes, well, I could have said this, or I should have said that. And this is, if this mm -hmm. had gone differently, then I could solve the problem. I'm ready to solve the problem. Brain says, I'm ready to solve the problem. But of course it's in the past. So the brain actually can't solve the problem. So then you feel frustration over, oh my gosh, if I had done this, or if I had done that, why didn't I listen to my brain then? My brain's all smart now. Where was it then? Blah, 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 yeah. on and on then you get wrapped up into these lower vibrational thought processes that just bring you frustration and disappointment and, and uh, unworthiness and so on and so forth. So you, you're using this incredible tool, but you're just using it slightly incorrectly, I guess, for the, for the, the best possible healing. So if you make a slight adjustment to it and say, okay, so I'm going to use this problem-solving brain to figure out how to, and, and, you know, you could use Monica's idea, 
Oh, why am I still feeling this way? Maybe that'll work. Maybe it'll be delivered to you like it was for Monica, which was amazing, but maybe not. And it maybe that will also bring you some of the same, like, well, I don't know why I don't understand. And you can go back into that same thought process. So what yeah. I teach people to do is to put the process, the thought into, okay, let's go ahead and focus instead on <clears throat> how can I have acceptance? How could I have acceptance over this loss? How could I have optimism over myself after this loss or the people that was in that were in his life or whatever? How can I have gratitude for everything that happened? How can I have unconditional love for everything that happened? That is a great way to use that overthinking mind is to focus on how can you get to the places where you're going to have some some growth but an awful lot of relief and peace yeah. all right so we have we have somebody from the eliminating group and when it when you're writing from the eliminating negative entity attachments group it just says facebook user unless you click on the little thing that tells you okay it looks like this is cindy hi cindy thanks for sending this we appreciate it. And yeah, that's what we wanted to do with this with this topic this week is uh, hopefully offer some different perspectives on how to handle grief and and stress and suicide and all that. Because, OK, what's the correct way to, to handle suicide if you've been trained on to handle suicide? You're supposed to definitely like. You know, you never want to encourage them to you. You want to make sure that they understand how great life can be or whatever. Like, I don't know. I haven't gone through that training. But yeah. when I talk to a person who has gone through that training and I say, here's what I like to say to them. You can go ahead and do that if you would like. It's totally fine. You have total sovereignty in order to have a life or end your life. It's totally your choice. But here's what's going to happen when you get to the post-life experience, you're going to go, darn it, <laughs> I want to go back. So mm -hmm. just that in itself is is very powerful. And I've had people who were con considering committing suicide when I told them that they've said things like, oh, my gosh, you know, no one has ever said to me I could go ahead and commit suicide. Right. Like giving them yeah. someone permission to do that. It actually made the, this one person I'm thinking of in particular he just said, wow, that, that made me not want to do it. <laughs> like, because yeah. before I felt like I was fighting against society because society makes suicide seem so bad that, mm -hmm. that in order to like, uh, to, to be, oh, uh, what is it when you're, uh, you're a kid and you rebel in order to rebel, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? You do it. Right. Then you do it. So, so to say, Hey, it's okay. You, I love you either way. Mm -hmm. It makes you go, Oh, okay. Well then maybe I don't need to do that. I'm actually loved. And they, and this person actually cares about me. It's kind of an interesting, uh, a juxtaposition that you don't normally hear about. So yeah. I like to, I like to throw out these other possible ways to handle these sorts of things. Well, it's kind of like what I was saying earlier. It's that you really want to let them be and then they'll not feel that pressure to do it because pressure is the same thing that society is putting on you is that don't do it. It's the worst thing. Or spiritual people say like, oh, don't do it because you're you're going to go like 10 times backwards with your spiritual right. journey. Or go to hell for, uh, yeah. for eternity or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or it's a sin to, to, to go do it. Yeah. So it's like, it's very fascinating, like, when you really just, I guess, not necessarily detach from society, but when you make your own, I guess, your own opinion per se, or you really just stand in your truth, you'll kind of see how messed up the system is or how messed up so many people have trained you to th think a certain way. I mean, even when we grow up, like our parents train us to think a certain way. And then we grow up and think like, what? like well, how do I have these habits or why do I keep thinking a certain way or or this right. like feeling of lack or 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 something like that or I shouldn't do this or that or because it's going to make me feel guilty or or I'm going to grieve because I did something against what my mother said for me to do um so it's very fascinating when 
you kind of like not like stand in your own individually but like the podcast is called you remember your oneness you remember who you truly are because you've shed all those layers of inauthentic behavior or in inauthentic thought patterns and it's going to take a while to shed all of that or to to even realize that you know you've been trained a cer certain way to think um but i think it's just going to get even more beautiful than when you really start to just let go and just really be just be and that's and being is feeling the grief and feeling those suicidal thoughts and feeling any anything but it's not putting it away because when you put it away it's literally letting society win by telling you oh you shouldn't be feeling this way oh depression is really bad take a pill for it and it's like you're you're surrendering to everybody else instead of surrendering to yourself of like wait i really need to feel this depression right now like wait i need to I need to feel this. I need to lower my vibration just a little bit so I can under better understand myself. So and I think that's still part of the soul contract thing. It's like you were meant to feel this because you're going to wake up from it and realize, oh, that was fun. Let me try again. Just the fun twist twist of it all. Right. Well, I, I thought it just hit me. What if we thought about grief and suicide and really anxiety and any of these things from a five fifth dimensional perspective. So 5D society, how does a 5D society deal with death? I think a 5D society deals with death in, in a very different way. It's very much like, hey, that was awesome. What a great thing. What a great person. This was so cool. You know, let's celebrate this and they, and, and, and we'll, you know, uh, get together and we'll say goodbye to their spirit um, and mm -hmm. and love everything there is to love about them and have a, essentially a celebration for their life. And nobody will be crying and nobody will be sad, maybe a little, because they'll be like, oh, well, it's too bad. We're not going to see that 3D being walking about. But here we are in a yeah. 5D society where we're just excited about everything that's happening and every transition and every possibility because it always brings us something phenomenal. It's going to, mm -hmm. it's just going to feel very differently. Um, I think in a 5D society, you probably wouldn't even see suicide as a, as a potential thing because you're in a state of constant unconditional love. So there's yeah. really no reason to do that. So that brings us to, okay, in a suicide situation, that's what's missing, right? We're missing unconditional love, unconditional love for self, unconditional love for this experience. And so how can we bring people who are considering this as an option, more unconditional love? Because even whether we're trying to prevent them from committing the act or not, giving them unconditional love is a beautiful act because, okay, let's assume that they're going to go ahead and uh, do it no matter what mm -hmm. we do well then let's just give them unconditional love for while we can right or yeah. if they if if the unconditional love could help them not do it great then we've we've had a double benefit from that so so you know i think that's the other thing is that when people talk about committing suicide they they also get a stigma about them and that stigma is that you know, ooh, gross, this person wants to end themselves, what's wrong with them, what a yeah. up mess that they're, you know, ugh, I don't have anything to do with that person or whatever. Like I've seen all kinds of different layers of possibility come from that word, right? So if we drop all that stuff and just go, actually, the only thing that matters here is unconditional love. And so we're gonna provide it no matter what the circumstances, then we're going to come closer to creating a 5D society. I mean, even a murderer, right? Okay, a murderer goes out and murders people. Wow, how do we look at them? Oh my gosh, we judge them. They're bad, they're terrible, they're awful. What are they doing? They're taking other people's lives. This is an, a miserable experience, a miserable being. And so they need to be punished. And so we're gonna go through that whole judgment and punishment. But actually what they need too is unconditional love so that they yeah. stop murdering people because that's probably why they're doing it. So, you know, it always comes back down to unconditional love. So just going back to you saying about the whole 5D consciousness. So then 5D consciousness is living in a state of unconditional love because, I mean, I feel like not like it's 
higher, higher, but I feel like even at a 5D level, you could still have all of those thoughts, but maybe you're able to cope with them better yeah. or like just understand that, wait, there's unconditional love. So I'm going to choose that first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I think you're right there. It's, it's that um, it's this nice bridge between this 3D experience and mm -hmm. the, uh, kind of like the post-life experience. It's, it's, you know, there are some rules. It, it's interesting. It's like, there are some rules that are similar to this world. Like, okay, we yeah. have, we, we are going to be born and we are going to die. We are going to um, have change as we age. We're going to have, there's still the concept of time. There's, you know, all these things that are happening. Um, okay. So many of those characteristics still, or those rules still pass from the fifth to or the third to the fifth. So yeah, yeah, we do. We are born. We do die, and we have the uh, a perception of time. But now we know that we are the creator. We know that we are source. We know that unconditional love is all that everything is made out of, and so on and so forth. So we know a lot more about how the universe actually works, and so then we act accordingly. Um, but still, yeah, you can still have fear. You can still have these things because death still exists. There is a way to die. So yeah, it is this interesting mix between the two, but unconditional love is the dominant emotion in that case. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree with, with what Jaber just said here, is that in 5D, the concept of time is completely warped. Yeah, I mean, we, we begin to see that warping as we move uh, uh, higher and higher in our frequency, but we even saw it when we were kids we saw that that time difference like oh my gosh somebody said oh you're gonna go uh we we're we're gonna go get your favorite food in an hour an hour oh my gosh like an hour is forever like i can't even imagine like i'm so how can i live an hour and then you get involved in something and you totally forget about it you you know you're building something yeah. with your toys and then the next thing you know they're like let's go eat and you're like what really already so you know you already have that that understanding of that warped concept of time, mm -hmm. but but I but in the fifth dimension you're even more um, able to actually kind of control it for you mm -hmm. for yourself. You have a lot more um, uh, domain over the way that you perceive time. Right, and that's the truth. And because when you move beyond the fifth dimensional experience, all time is simultaneous. There is no past and future and you are infinite so this is this is like that transition from going from this linear time experience into the the infinite now experience so it's it's going to be some weird amalgamation of the two yeah well it kind of reminds me of like when i did like dmt uh 5-MeO-MT once where it's like you literally get zapped into this you know other world or whatever and you literally have no sense of time but it's really beautiful or it's just like it's all just happening at once and you get all these different visions and then when you wake up it's like oh that was only 20 minutes like it felt like an eternity so it's it's almost like the same thing it's that there really will be a time where you won't need to feel that oh when is this hour gonna pass or when is this conversation gonna be over so it's almost like you should just enjoy it like enjoy that feeling or enjoy that bad conversation that you're having with someone or <laughs> like enjoy being drunk or something like that i don't know but it's like it's i feel like there will be a time when we wake up from this it's like it's like it's going to be an addiction to want to come back here and i feel like that's why we've been coming back here for so long because it's so fun and it's like it's kind of like you want to determine or come to that realization of how fun this life really is and really live it I mean, most of the messages that I've gotten from my psychedelics trips was to really live my life right now in the moment. And it's like, that's such a simple message, but it's also so simple to neglect it or to like, oh, whatever, like, let me just enjoy my life. Sure. Ha ha ha. But then like you realize that, oh, watching the sunrise is really beautiful and empowering for me. Like, this is what ignites my soul. And do more of that or acknowledge that like, hey, I'm happy right now in this moment. Like, and that's just going to raise your vibration even more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I love what you, I, I want to comment on what you're saying there, but I put this up. So 
um, this is from Bernice, that yeah, her father passed from suicide and she has unconditional love for his choice and courage and made her love him even more. That is the most uh, amazing statement that any I've ever heard anybody say about someone yeah. who has committed suicide. Like that is the healthiest possible way that you can look at it. And I, I applaud you, Bernice, and, and in your in your resiliency in that situation. So, well, you know, I, I had to post that for everybody to see. Like, that's, yeah, got goosebumps when you read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's powerful, right? So, uh, I took a note. Oh, right. Okay, because okay, so you said um, you we keep coming back here so that we can have fun, right? Like, and then and then I immediately thought while you were saying that, Monica, of the people who might be watching or listening that are suffering, and they're like, "This isn't fun." Like, this is, <laughs> you know, you know, the the are their classic phrase is life is suffering, right? So, so actually that's, that took me to a thought of, have you seen that meme with the little boy who's got like a boot on his head and it's smashing him into the ground. He's like smooshing to the ground and he looks miserable. And the, and the, the line is the, the meme line is, uh, before spiritual awakening, like you just feel like the world is smashed down, right? Then the next the next image is of him with the boot is actually on his hand, right? And he's it's the same exact pose, but he's oh, wow. putting the boot on his own face, and mm. the and he's laughing now. And the the title is after spiritual awakening because you realize, realize that it's not the rest of the world. It's nothing like that. It's it's you doing this to yourself. So if you choose to say, you know what, I'm suffering right now, but I actually recognize there's a part of me that recognizes what Monica just said. And that is that this world is a fun place. And so I'm going to focus more on that. I'm going to stop putting so much pressure on myself. I'm going to stop making myself think about negative thoughts all the time. I'm going to stop all of the you know, feeling bad for myself all the time or whatever. And I'm going to instead find the fun find the peace. You can be at peace anytime you want to. You can just simply be at peace. Even if it's just mm -hmm. for a few seconds, you are already capable of being at peace. You might think that you need to get this in order and you have to get a job and you have to get a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a, a spouse and a, a kids and, a, and all this other. You might think you need all this stuff in order to finally be at peace. But what you'll find is that you will always need more and you will always be endlessly pursuing peace until you just go, actually, it's available to me right now. I'm going to go and have an experience peace in the now moment right now. And then once you've experienced it once for, for one second, you know what that feels like. And you can keep taking yourself back there just because yeah. you know that you have the ability to be at peace. It's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. So here we are. It's already been Look, an hour. I think I think this is where us uh, we're gonna be like, oh, the time. It's it's done. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> so we're three D cells. Be like, oh, like that. That's it. That was an hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it went really fast. Yeah, it's a really good one. I'm glad we talked about all this. And thank you to everybody who um, posted some great thoughts on this and shared some of your, your, you know, your suffering, really. Um, I, I really appreciate Amber providing all that and Bernice and Jaybird and everybody who said wonderful things. We appreciate it very much. Mandy, I hope you're, you're still there. Um, and Ascetic who said, wow, I love this conversation. Thank you so much, Aesthetic. It's beautiful. And, and Aesthetic, you need to sign up for the program. The next one is in, what is it? It's less than two weeks away. So my next detached class starts November 30th. Um, we're, we're bringing people in for that right now. Um, so definitely do that. And if you're interested in working with me directly one-on-one, -on -one, if you sign up, we can do it so that you can do both. You can work with me one-on-one -on -one and you can attend the class, which mm -hmm. I don't often offer because the class only runs every two months. 
So the timing is really right right now to go ahead and join both. <laughs> right. I know, I know. She still hasn't done it. She's been wanting to for a long time. So come on, Aesthetic, let's do it. Well, I'm finishing up my 30 days of painting on the beach. So I'm on day 28 today. So I'll be posting about that pretty soon of the reveal of all of them, which is pretty phenomenal. I have to say when I put them all together, it was just like an energetic like activation. I was like, oh, right. there's something here. I need That's to, awesome. I need to dive into it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see it all. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So you're going to like post all of them at the same time. Mm -hmm. So that way you can all, you can see them next to each other and kind of like feel out which one is calling you and then they'll have a message within them. So it's almost like picking out a tarot card or something. It's like, which one is for me to work right. with today? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I have to go on to another call, so I must skedaddle. So thank you, everybody. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for joining us. Yeah commenting and all that i love you unconditionally aloha bye see you next well uh, no we won't do next week because it's thanksgiving so see you the week after that bye everybody bye